Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Property Pod. My name is Arlie McLaughlin of AML Property Services in Cork. I'm Meg Sparish from Mortgage Navigators. And I'm David Sweeney from PropertySolicitors.ie. And today we are going to be talking about probate and wills. Yeah, I think it's a funny one in Ireland that there should be a mandatory law that if you own property you should make a will because it can lead to so many complications and confusion and questions and it can lead to a lot of family disputes when someone dies and doesn't make a will now in it, what actually happens is that the property or the assets of the estate follow under the Succession Act 1965 and that goes out to blood relatives so like mm-hmm. if, you, if you die and you're married uh, your spouse inherits everything if you're, if you're not married it would go to your children uh, and then going out you know the family tree uh, but it does lead to a lot of confusion Fusion. So one of the main benefits of having a will, and especially if you own property, is that you decide where your asset goes on your death. Now you are limited in some ways in that if you were married, uh, your wife is entitled, or your husband, or your partner, is entitled to a third of the estate. Mm-hmm. So they can take an action under what's called a legal right share if you decide to leave your spouse out of your will. And it does happen. It does happen, I'm sure. So, so the, the spouse that's not in the will and has been left out, you are entitled to a third of the estate. Uh, also as a child or a children of the deceased person, uh, the disbone or if, or if they've made a will they're called a disponer there's no will you're entitled to a third of the estate so that's left for children now mm. if there's five children in the family uh, you're entitled to a fifth of a third if that makes yeah. sense and what happens if you don't have any children uh, well it would just go to your next of kin and it depends like if you've made a will you decide yourself mm. what I'm saying is that if you've made a will and you've left your wife or children out there is protection under Irish law for that person to take an application in the high court to claim their legal right share so even though you might want to leave your children or wife or spouse out of the will legally uh, that person is entitled to a portion of the estate but I think it just simplifies everything if the will is made oh, so sure important. yeah you should have a will especially when yeah. you're property in a large mm. state so th- that's my first one how is much that does it cost to make a will oh usually uh, nominal but it, it depends most solicitors would do it for free if you were like a long term client right okay around 100 euro maybe might okay. be a dra- plus fat might be a d- drafting fee and does the solicitor hold the will uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's a, it can be a very simple process. So generally, uh, most solicitor offices will have a, a pre a, a questionnaire that you would complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you send the questionnaire back before the appointment, then you come in with the solicitor and you sit down uh, and you go through your intentions. You know, some people, uh, most... I suppose in today's society the family makeup is now quite unique and there's all kinds of variations in makeup of the family, but traditionally shall we say a husband and wife or a civil partner would they both come in and they would make a will and they have a will each and it's called a mutual will and that mirrors each other so it's right. in, in simple terms it says that if one spouse predeceases the other the surviving spouse inherits the estate and in the uh, case of a simultaneous death or something like that it would go to the children and even shares okay. so it's nice and clean nice and simple um, to answer your question yes the will is kept in, usually in the solicitor's office in the safe but you as the person who makes the will uh, you get a copy to take away with you email or a hard copy that day and the will then the, the it speaks from death and what that means is that the terms of it only come into place when someone passes away so you can change your will as many amount of times you want in your lifetime and it's the one you make just before your death that right pass. okay Okay, and where does that lead to probate then? Where does probate come So probate come is the process then after somebody dies. So it's the legal term. Really, it's when someone passes away initially, there's a, an information gathering phase and that can take a number of months because the solicitor needs to get one, see if there's a will. So the will might be in another solicitor's yes. office. The will might be made 20 years before. We don't know. Uh, so there are facilities through the Law Society of Ireland and other um, agencies that will search uh, nationally. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. As you could search. Yeah, every now and again you might get 
is an email from the law society asking has anybody seen this person sorry do, do they hold a will for this person no. who passed away in such and such a date previously would have lived here uh, so first of all he established with his will and why that's important is that if the person who died has a will um you take out a grant of probate and mm -hmm. if there's no will it's called letters of administration it's it's similar but it's different it's easier if there's a will now his, previously there used there used to be a two two phased approach to the grant of probate one was you'd make an application to the revenue department and then once the revenue uh, why that's important is that if someone receives a gift in a will they pay tax on it gift tax mm -hmm. so any gift between spouse there's no tax mm -hmm. uh, any gift then there's three thresholds a b and c and then uh, so a gift between a child and um a spouse and their parents yeah, yeah sorry yeah. This changes every year, so yep. I'm going to say now it's around three hundred thousand is the gift, or something like and then that, you yeah. pay thirty-three percent tax and anything above that. Uh, and then threshold B is around thirty-five thousand. That's usually like brothers and sisters, and then C is like yeah. cousins and whatever else. Now there's also like a fifteen hundred year annual gift you can actually set aside against that as well. Um, but in order to submit that application previously to the revenue, that's all, it's all changed now. It's it's one application online uh, through the revenue online system. You make the application, and when I said there about the information gathering stage is that the solicitor needs to gather you know the pension the life assurance yeah. company or bank statements credit union cash under the mattress so is that, that's deeds. the reason that it takes so long it does, yeah. and it varies so yeah. much it does yeah every state is different yeah um because you know you, you could you could still have uh, a simple estate of say the family home but transferred to the the wife or the the, the surviving spouse and some bank accounts but what happens is that each bank has their own internal rules of how much they will distribute yeah. and obviously there's different rules if it's a joint account so if it's a joint account and one, one of the joint account holders passes away banking rules dictate that the uh, account can go straight through to the to the other to the surviving account holder um but sometimes uh, if it's not a, a joint account and you're still married and you're in your own name and it's over a certain amount usually around twenty-five thousand, the bank will request the grant of probate before they release yeah. it even if it's to the spouse or someone that might be entitled to it um and it, it, there's a there's a a side one then if, if um if there's a joint say if there was a parent so one parent in a family who was ailing who had gone on an age mm -hmm. and then uh, in order to help them with the banking they may have pointed a child of the family yeah. as a joint account mm -hmm. and yeah. then that person uh, the parent passes away the bank might allow the joint account holder to take the funds but only probate law they're not entitled to it that's what's called the presumed resulting trust where that the the child because there might be five or six children yes. in this family or even two children yeah. in the family yes. it doesn't necessarily mean just because you're a joint holder of the account of the person who's deceased that that's your money when the person passed away you are just the joint account holder to facilitate the banking of the day to day yeah. while the person's alive and if somebody wanted to do that do they go to their solicitor to um, let's say or the bank both uh, both yeah, yeah. The, the I think it's something that pops yeah. up yeah, I, you hear so many so it causes so many issues huge amount like yeah. you know where there's a will there's a relative yeah, yeah. so like the, um, yeah it's so true uh, once the solicitor then has got usually what what we do here is that when someone makes a will they all in part of the questionnaire period or stage when we take the information before the drafting there's also a section where you fill out all your assets so that yeah. where's your, your title what do you own any property where are the title deeds are the mortgages on the property are they with the bank are they at home under the mattress or do you with another solicitor's office credit union account bank account life insurance pension all those things like some people might have left the job 10 years ago yeah. and they have an old pension that's going to accrue <coughs> all, all these things so once you have all 
all you prize bonds yeah yeah they're all in tricky things but they have to be included because what that makes up then is the total value of the estate and that's important for the revenue when you act the, the, the person receives the gift how they work out how much tax they may potentially on the gift tax now obviously you can take out the liabilities so if the uh, the person who died had uh, debts as, yeah. as in D-E-B-T-S at the time yeah. of death. Yeah. The funeral expenses, any costs related to that. The legal costs to take out the uh, the probate. Um, evaluation report for the probate. You know, the auctioneer will go to value the property. And then once the assets and the, the liabilities, you get the net value of the estate. That's then submitted online. Uh, that's a CA-24 form, uh, the, the new probate application uh, with the probate. But that also includes the probate. It's now just one process. So it's online with the revenue. And then you send the physical documents, which would be like the original will the copies of it what's called an oath and executor so when you make a will uh, you um, appoint so if if it's a married couple or a civil partnership you appoint an executor to look after your affairs yes. once you die now, generally if it's married or a par- civil partner it's your, your surviving spouse to be the executor <coughs> so if you someone passes away and uh, their spouse is pre-deceased them or simultaneous death they would appoint two executors and that's someone they trust who oversees the process through the grant of probate while the mm-hmm. sisters doing the day to day and that's someone they, they as, as they trust and they, they would have some knowledge of their affairs as well and David um, what's the difference between power of attorney and being an executor so a power, a power of attorney is, is um, there's, it, it's it's a so I'm also a notary public so I deal power of attorney in, di- in a different way so a power of attorney but I, the question you're asking I think is, is different than that so the executor is really just mm. a legal role it's not even a legal role that someone has uh, through the process of probate to make sure the intentions of the person who passed away are carried out in accordance with the, with the terms of their will and then at the end if checks need to be signed off to pay off the uh, the funeral home or they would sign off on the checks with the solicitor and or give the consent to the solicitor to send out the checks through the client account and then if gifts need to be paid out to the people receiving the gifts they stand over those gifts and make sure yeah. it's all done in accordance with the will a power of attorney so i see powers of attorneys now as a notary public where uh, someone might be buying a holiday home in spain and they'd give a power of attorney over to their uh, spanish solicitor to <coughs> sign the documents for it that's one power of attorney in ireland what we see is what's called a, a power of attorney and an enduring power of attorney. So a power of attorney in Ireland is really, you're giving someone authority to sign documents for you, but it's related to one specific uh, legal action or one transaction, so it's limited. So say, for example, you are selling a house in Ireland, but you happen to be, you might be out of the country at the time property is going to close. So you might give power of attorney to your solicitor or to your spouse or to your brother. Okay. Uh, while you're away but that then that power of attorney extinguishes once the transaction okay, is over so it's an individual yes yeah, just for what's for one task shall we say in ireland what's very common now at the moment a very topical is what's called an enduring power of attorney and that's uh that's when you say that i am going to set out a document that has um conditions in it and uh, items that i want to take place upon the happening of a certain event and that's usually when you lose your mental capacity mm-hmm. so an enduring power of attorney um is if usually an, an elderly person that might be in hospital yeah. that the family might organize a power of attorney where they might give it an, a power an enduring power of attorney back to the eldest member of the family and that's what if their mental capacity had deteriorated that they couldn't make yes. those decisions and someone had to you know 
t- collect their pension every week or pay off <coughs> their uh, residential home, what it might be. Uh, but that's dictated by a medical doctor who has to okay. sign it off, and then that goes through the High Court as well. It's it's, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy process in joint okay. power attorney. So executors just related to a will, uh, they're, they're two separate things, um, but yeah, that's what a power attorney is. And I'm going to ask a question now because we did a will. I've, I've three kids, and yeah. we did a will yeah. probably on the birth of the yeah. youngest yeah. child who's now yeah. 10. Yeah. How often yeah. should we be updating a will it, yeah it's a good question uh it, it usually like if there's any big change in your life you shouldn't like obviously if you're you know if, if you're separated or if yeah it uh, w- when you make a will the will should be like really simple and really yeah. clean so you have peace of mind that you've exactly what you want is in the will so and then um but like that so when you ha- make a will and you have children you, not only do you appoint executors you must appoint guardians yes. and, and trustees so it, they're kind of two roles they're linked but they are separate so the guardian is somebody it's usually you know my sister and her husband yes. or brother yeah. that kind yeah. of thing it's someone who you trust that who would actually take care of the welfare of your children God yeah. but something happened here who would feed and clothe them that day yeah. uh, where would they live all that kind of stuff and then the trustee is a more financial decision so just for instance say that the and this is a circumstance where you've both passed away yeah. it's a fairly morbid conversation it but is, it's yeah. one that yeah. people should have uh, and the the guardians or the trustees decide that um, the children are going to live in the trustees' house. So the original family home would be sold. The proceeds yeah. of that sale would be in a, into a trust called a trust fund. And then the trustees would decide how those funds are spent. Education, uh, maybe uh, just the welfare of the children, yeah. up to the age. And then you decide what age you want your child to take control of their of the portion. Yeah. Most people say about 23 because that's when education finishes. Yeah. But it can any age over 18. I had one gentleman who actually put 35 because he inherited a lot of money when he was younger and he said he went off the rails. But that's the trustee. But to answer your question, I think uh, you should look at your will every couple of years. It doesn't mean you need to Mm -hmm. change it. Uh, just to see is it actually it's still accurate, what, yeah. if and you should always have the mentality if I were to go out today and get knocked down by a bus what would I want to happen exactly yeah. next week yeah. you might have a different viewer in six months time it's right now here today this is what I want to have in my estate yeah, that's good advice yeah that's uh, I've learned so much Great. Same. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the end and of today's show. And for free. Uh, yeah. No, oh my gosh. And, uh, like, yeah. there's, probably, there's probably more we can get on here in Probate. It's, it's like yeah. a whole avenue of law and it's very interesting. Uh, we might, I might actually invite uh, uh, another Probate solicitor on someday. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so look, I've been David Sweeney, PropertySolicitors.e. Anya McLaughlin of VML Property Services in Cork. And Mags Barrett of Mortgage Navigators. 